0: Hello party people! This is the Just Ideas Podcast. My name's Andy, I'm with Andy, and these are Just Ideas. In this episode, we dive into Alice's adventures in Wonderland. We explore all the symbolism, and we even reveal what the rabbit is on the Just Ideas logo.
1: Hey, this is not young Andy doing the Macklejack story. Andy's going to take the lead in the podcast, so I told him I'd do the Macklejack story, and of course, as you may have noticed, we didn't rehearse, so here we go. Uh, Young Macklejack is uh, talking to his dad in the living room, and he says, hey, dad, in my English class, I have to read Alice in Wonderland. I don't really have to read it, do I? I can just watch the movie. And old Macklejack says, no, you little moron as old people tend to say to young people. That book is actually deep. There's a lot to it. The movie's got nothing to do with it. What do you think, Andy? Let me first start by saying that was incredible, but it's
0: McIntyre. You're never going to learn. I know it's some kind of apple. (laughs) Some kind of apple. Here's the thing is a lot of people ask me what does our logo mean? And now we're in the summer series and we have a brand new logo and we ditched the devil image and we just got the rabbit. And that rabbit is from Alice in Wonderland, as you might have guessed. We at least talked about that before. We didn't rehearse it, but we talked. And so people ask, what do those characters mean? And so I never had a good answer, but I was thinking about it. And I thought, surely Andy from a year and a half ago, when he made it, had some kind of idea. And so I went back and researched it And in Alice in Wonderland, and a literary theme, because I love to read, I love fiction books, novels and such, is that a white rabbit and an Alice in Wonderland, they spark curiosity and they want to spark an intellectual journey. And that's what I think we do in our podcast, is hopefully you can follow us down a rabbit hole, like Alice in Wonderland did. She followed the rabbit down and went on her spiritual intellectual
1: journey. You see where I went with that? I like it, because what I've always thought of... um my, my approach to this thing is like, I hate to say that, you know, when you talk about intellectual journey, I, I'm, i I feel like I'm a shallow person trying to be deep. Okay. So I try to figure out how to be deep, but I'm not naturally deep. And hopefully that's, you know, why if if you're really, really deep, I'm sure there's other podcasts, but if you <laughs> want to be deep, we are your guys. So I think, I think, so I think Alice in Wonderland is great because it's the beginning of being deep, right?
0: Right, right. And so uh, the theme in Alice in Wonderland, if you've ever read it, you're more likely to have watched the Disney movie, is that it's life is kind of this trivial puzzle. And I think that's what we do is we try and unpack this puzzle, realize it's trivial, and still try and put some of it together for people, Right. So what I wanted to do with you today is run through Alice in Wonderland, because this is part of our book club series, is I wanted to run through Alice in Wonderland and break down some of these characters with you and what they represent, because they're fun, vivid color characters, and you let me know if they're still um, applicable in today's world because this is written in the 19th century. Do you think we can do it? Let's do it. Okay, great. So we talked about the white rabbit and it sparks curiosity. I think that's us. That's what our logo is. But Alice soon runs into these caucus animals, and Alice is a young girl. She's growing up. That's what Wonderland's about. And these caucus animals are always wanting to do something political. They want to vote on something. They want to have a caucus, but they never seem to get anything done and they bicker. Now, come on. That happens today,
1: doesn't it? It does. It, there's, uh, do we skip the rabbit? We're well, we we, done we, with we, the rabbit. We're done with the rabbit for now. I'm messing everything up, but can we go back to the rabbit? Let's go back to the rabbit. One of the, the things I struggle with uh, in my class is the rabbit, you said it was about curiosity. Certainly. What do you do with people who aren't curious? They're not rabbits. They're not rabbits. B- but how do you, so I'm in there trying to teach, and if you're not the slightest bit of curious, I'm not going to teach, literally, I'm not going to teach you anything. Right. So h- can you teach people to be curious? That's the, that might be the biggest puzzle of them all. That's that, what you try and do. That's I try, but man, it, it's, uh, it's difficult. And I think, you know, maybe, I don't know if you brought the rabbit up strategically and if that's our thing, but if, if you're not curious, nothing else matters. Right, no, you, don't right. Need, you don't need to meet any more characters because you're not curious. Nothing's going to mean anything to anybody. Okay, sorry. Now, back to the characters you asked me about, which I've already forgotten. Who is it? <laughs>
0: they're the caucus animals, and they're always bickering about, and this is how Alice sees the adult world is through these animals in Wonderland, and she gets to the caucus animals, and they're like, oh, we're not concerned with the small stuff. Let's worry about the big issues, but that's kind of what becomes trivial, so it's kind of this fun irony that they play on.
1: Yeah, and th- this is Elon Musk. <laughs> okay, right, Elon Musk is all, he's Alice. And he's all his head is exploding, right? And his head is exploding because the people who have to decide, it, it appears to him he's trying to make the greatest cars ever. Right. And that every government entity, every competitor, are these little characters who are making rules and arguing and just preventing him from doing what he wants to do with his cars and with his rocket ships. And I, and I get how frustrating it is. You know, We've got this country with 330 million people. How come Elon Musk has to run the car company and the rocket company? Why don't we have anybody else? And the answer is it's all these little piglets or whatever you call them <laughs> who are arguing with each other.
0: Sure, certainly. And I think it's it's, it's such a brilliant book. And Alice even says it's curious and curiouser because the way it's written is the idea is curious. And then second of all, the language in which they use to present the curious idea, that's what makes it curiouser. So I think in that same vein, you know, we maybe have an idea and then the way we hopefully present it is even more curious.
1: What do you think about that? Well, I think when when we were talking to Dan and Daniel at the, at at the beginning, the production guys, and (laughs) we were talking about TV shows, right, right, there were before Netflix, and and Amazon Prime, just about everything on TV was stupid. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd gone twenty years without watching a TV show. Gotcha. Right? That was whenever Frasier ended. <laughs> right? That's the last network television program that I've ever that I've ever seen. Sure. And and the reason is because if the crowd isn't curious, you can entertain them very easily. But if the crowd is curious, it's harder. And I know you know and and the Alice in Wonderland was so great because Like a great TV show, if you're a simpleton, you're like, wow, that rabbit's funny. And if you're deep, you're like, man, that rabbit. Right? (laughs) How about that rabbit? And and a lot of classics are like that. It's a good story with many, many, many levels. And undoubtedly, being the shallow guy trying to be deep, you can't understand what you can't understand. But I've developed the ability to sense something's going over my head. Fair enough, fair enough. Which is something to think about because you can't... Like, people can't... The, the, the people who aren't curious don't understand they're not curious. Yeah, what's that quote where it's like,
0: um, a wise man can learn more from a fool than a fool can from the wise man?
1: That's the quote we're putting first and foremost because we tell the students, write down... We make them go through some ordeal and then we say, write down what you learned and one of the most popular answer is, I didn't learn nothing. I already knew this stuff. <laughs> and it's like it's a lifelong quest. There's always more things to learn. You're going to be graded on how much you learn and you can't complain about me because a wise man can learn more from a fool than a fool can learn from a wise man. So even if I'm a fool, you should have learned something.
0: Fair enough. Okay. So the next character is the Cheshire cat. And you've seen surely images of this cat, the pink cat with the big grin. Yes. And, what this cat represents to Alice cause it pops up and he's relatively friendly to her is guidance. And she says, there's a great quote where um, the cat says you can either go this way or that way. Um, and he explains what's down each path and he explains that there's mad people cause that's the mat, mad people. Um, not in a angry sense, but in a, uh, manic sense. Crazy. Um, crazy. Thank you. And, he says you can go down this path with crazy people or this path with crazy people. And what she says in the book is I don't want to go among mad people. And the cat cuts her off and says, you can't help with that. We're all mad here. And I think that applies because it's just like, everyone's got their own point of view. Everyone's got their own thing going on. So it doesn't matter where you go.
1: Cause she's growing up. It doesn't matter where you
0: go as you grow up. You're going to be among mad people.
1: Yeah. And, and because everybody's crazy, right? right? right. Everybody's crazy. And I had everybody's crazy, and this is something probably for different podcasts, but you got to keep the lid on your crazy, <laughs> but keep that somebody write that down because we got we got Dan, a on that <laughs> some, we got you got to keep your lid on your crazy but yeah and and you know we could tying it back to some of the things that are are um I like to say is that you know everywhere you go, there you are I didn't make it up, but I like to say it right, so it didn't matter which one she went down right. she's still Alice, yeah. Okay, so I think the character you're going
0: to love the most, and it's my favorite character, is the Mad Hatter and his Tea Party. And at this Tea Party, because you got to place this book into context, and the reason novels succeed past the decade in which they're written is if they shed light on the decade they're in, but also illuminate bigger points that stand, the, or, uh, yes. They go against the test of time and they still stand right a long way of saying that. And so in this time, the Mad Hatter represented challenging the Victorian way of life. Um, But really, it's just a challenge to intelligence, right? To where Alice, she starts to talk to the Mad Hatter, and he speaks in riddles, he speaks forward-backwards, and she gets confused, and she gets frustrated. But really, what the Mad Hatter is doing is challenging what she thinks she knows. Because she's a kid growing up, she thinks all her conventions are right, and the Mad Hatter comes, and he starts messing all that up. And there's this great quote, and this is also the brilliance in the writing, and it's better if you you read the writing instead of listen to it over the podcast, but it says... It's Alice talking first. She goes, "I don't think," and they put a little hyphen to show that she's cut off. And the Mad Hatter goes, "Then you shouldn't talk." And it's such a brilliant quote. "I don't think," then you shouldn't talk. You know. And she was trying to start a sentence, but you know, the punchline there is it didn't matter what she was about to say; she was ready to get corrected. And so it's a frustration that comes out, and he challenges with this Mad Tea Party, and everybody switch, everybody switches places, and she can't hardly keep up. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think what your book—you said a lot of things sir. Going back I did. to the beginning. <laughs> Podcasts and books. <coughs> Excuse me. Podcasts and books, it's how you say it. Right. You're saying the same stuff everybody's saying, but who can say it in a memorable way? And what I was thinking about, um, you know, I don't think, then keep your mouth shut. One of my um, favorites, favorite bands is the Talking Heads. And uh, one of my favorite songs by the Talking Heads is "Psycho Killer." And some of his quotes are, you know, if you say thing once, why say it again? If you have, mu- if I have nothing to say, my lips are sealed. Yeah. So it's absolutely true, but it d- doesn't doesn't stop anybody. So it's how you said it, and he's, you know, in, in this book, very very clever. It's a cl- right? very because clever book. Kids can watch it, and yet there's thoughts that we're still thinking, you know, much much. You know, forever into the future.
0: Yes, for sure. So then there's the Queen of Hearts. She's memorable. She has the line where she's always like, off with their head, cut their head off. And there's a character, I I forget exactly who it is, but they laugh at the queen, you know, kind of to themselves and kind of to Alice because this character is sitting with Alice. And the point that's made by this character is that the queen always goes around yelling about cutting people's heads off, but she never does. And all the while, people feel like she's got their thumb on them because she talks a big game and because she says she's going to cut their head off, off with their heads. But what's really conveyed there is that sometimes the people in power, the societal expectations. They sound like they're going to cut your head off, but really the power is in the rhetoric itself by saying it.
1: Yeah. And I know I said under the curiosity with the rabbit that the most important thing was that you're curious, but the other most important thing is that you're not afraid. And I've always wondered this, why do we need leaders? Like why? Like we're in the middle of the Corona uh, pandemic. Like, Maybe you're going to die. You're probably not. Like, what's the leader going to do? Like, why do you need to... I haven't watched what the leaders are going to say. Like, I know, yeah, I'm probably not going to die, but I might. Everybody's going to die. Let's go forward, right? But if you're a fearful person... That the queen of hearts or whoever the people are, they can scare you and, and their fear can change your behavior. Now, nobody thinks they're afraid, but what we have to ask ourselves when we reflect is, what is it that we're afraid of that's keeping us from doing what we want to do? And the queen of hearts showed how easy it is to scare everybody.
0: Truly enough. And then finally, the last character I want to talk about is Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And they stop Alice in the woods and they tell her a story of the walrus and the carpenter. And just briefly, I'll recite that story to you. The walrus and the carpenter are walking along the beach and they find a bunch of oysters in a shallow part of the water there. And they trick the oysters because, of course, they're all... um, I forget the word that brings in it. They're all personified. And so they bring the oysters into the house saying they're going to feed them this elegant dinner. The walrus and the carpenter are. And then little do the oysters know they're what becomes dinner. And the walrus eats so many of them. But all the while he's saying how tragic this is that we tricked these oysters. They are good, but it's really sad. And then Tweedledee and Tweedledum ask Alice, they say, who do you prefer, the walrus or the carpenter? And she says, I like the walrus because he had a bigger heart. And then Tweedledum or Tweedledee, whichever one, says, ah, yes, but he ate more than the carpenter. And then Alice starts to get confused. And she's like, oh, well, I guess I don't really know who I like better, which I thought was a very interesting story because it's all how you perceive other people. The walrus had some sympathies but ate more oysters, while the carpenter showed no sympathies and ate very few oysters. So it's who do you paint as the good guy and the bad guy?
1: Yeah, so what we do is, I have ADD, so you tell me the story and then things jump into my head, right? Okay, fair enough. So, as you may know in my class, sometimes I get accused of, of being sacrilegious. Yes. Right? But what I'm really trying to do is get people to think about it, Much, which was the point, you, you need you need to think about this. So, I uh, years ago, it's one of my favorite stories, I had this um, extremely religious person in my class who spoke on behalf of religion on a regular basis, seemingly every day. And at the end of the semester, we were having some big meltdown discussion and people were picking on me and he stood up and said, I was an extremely Christian person because I was trying to get everybody to think more about what their principles were. So if you're Christian, to think more about your Christian principles and and that's what I think this was about. You need to think about it and of course, if you don't think about it, there are easy answers. The other thing that it made me think about is these, I was reading, you know, in a magazine today, it really made me sad this morning for breakfast. I was reading about, you know, people working at pork plants during mm. the coronavirus, you know, outbreak. And they had, a, you know, a lot of them got sick. and it's terrible. And, and some of them died. And, and, and it is terrible. And the thing is, if you believe, and I don't want to start, to be a big conspiracy theorist here is, but if you don't, understand how the world really works you end up getting played sure right and thinking and suffering and uh, you know give some more to the people sizzling there um thinking and suffering actually puts you in a better place than not thinking and being played by the game so the same kid who stood up i know i'm going on and on But the same kid who stood up, one day I said, the world's not fair, because the people listening to this who are sizzling, right, they are the people who care the most, and they're sad at the way things are, and they see the people who are evil, and it makes them so miserable And what I said was the world is totally not fair. The more you care and the nicer person you are, you're worried about the environment, you're worried about misfortunate people, you're worried about poor people. The more you worry, the sadder you are. The less you worry, if you're not curious and you don't care and you don't think, you're happy, it's not fair. And then this same kid jumped up and said, But you always said, right? The meaning of life is to think and suffer. So those people are missing out on living. And they are. And that's why the, you know, the, the, Alice in Wonderland is telling you to grow up and live and the people who listen who are who are sizzling are really really living so the more you suffer the more you're living and it was weird that that kid jumped up and cheered me up with that story
0: how funny let me give you a quote that I think encapsulates what you're saying a little bit. And this is where we'll end it. And it's from the Mad Hatter, my favorite character, right? And he says, if I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't. And contrary, what is, it wouldn't be. And what it wouldn't be, it would. That's this world. I love it. Well, if you got to check it out, you got to check it out. Pardon me. You need to check out Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. It's a great book. I think you'll learn a lot. Check it out. But for just ideas, my name's Andy and that was Andy.